Thanks for listening to the Dr. Drew Podcast on Podcast One. Yo, next round is about to start. You ready? Yeah, yeah, just shopping for a car in Carvana. For real? Yeah, Carvana makes it super convenient to shop whenever, wherever. For real? That's a ton of car options. Yep, and these are all within my price range. For really real? You can afford that? Yeah, with Carvana. And boom, just like that, I'm getting it delivered in a couple days. For really, really real? You just bought a car. For real, and you just lost my turn. Visit Carvana.com to shop for thousands of vehicles under $20,000. Let's face it. In today's uncertain times, simple conversations about your health can have powerful results. There's something you are likely eating every day. It can negatively affect your waistline, complexion, and overall health. On the Dr. Gundry podcast, Stephen Gundry, a renowned cardiothoracic surgeon and New York Times best-selling author, cuts through the BS to help you make better health choices. You have the ability to heal yourself if you give yourself the right ingredients to do it with. Dr. Gundry has spent the last 20 years empowering people around the world to help reverse and prevent some of our most serious ailments through the power of diet and lifestyle changes. You will change 90% of you. You will be a brand new you. Tune in to the Dr. Gundry podcast to start your health journey. Listen on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, and anywhere you get your podcasts. Because I'm Dr. Gundry, and I'm always looking out for you. Well, next up, I want to tell you about Plexiderm, and of course, summer now is in the rearview mirror it's time to get the the autumn groove on kids hopefully are going back to school and hopefully we're getting back to some sort of normalcy a lot is changing it's hard to keep track of every day is different and as a result we might take our eye off the ball of paying paying proper attention to our own self-care that's important our moods are off self-care adds to us feeling good about ourselves even when things are uncertain around us and with plexiderm all you need is 10 minutes, and you can look 10 years younger. Plexiderm is a clinically studied serum that gives your appearance the right kind of changes, visibly reduce wrinkles, fine lines, and even undry bags in just minutes. Take up to 10 years off your appearance in less than 10 minutes. The results will last for hours, so you can take the family out, say, to a pumpkin patch. Of course, wearing your mask and distancing and all that good stuff. But speaking of masks, because we are just looking at each other's eyes, a lot of people are thinking about surgery frankly but you don't need to you can take care of those wrinkles and bags with plexiderm i mean we're we're thinking a lot about what our eyes look like because that's all we're seeing of one another so here's the deal you can try a six application trial pack for just 14.95 with free shipping when you visit byplex now it's spelled a special way b-u-y-p-l-x b-u-y-p-l-x.com slash drew or call 800-685-1292 800-685-1292 one two nine two, and then say code Drew if you call. The order also comes with free shipping and a thirty-day money-back guarantee. Make the wrinkles, lines, and bags disappear with Plexiderm. Visit Biplex. What do you got to lose? Don't even think about surgery. Think about Plexiderm. B u i p l x dot com slash Drew or call eight hundred six eight five one two nine two and say code Drew at checkout. Hey everybody, welcome to Dr. Drew Podcast. Uh, we appreciate you being here. We appreciate you uh, liking, downloading, subscribing, being a part of this. We really do. And uh, do check out drdrew.tv. Don't forget the YouTube slash Dr. Drew where I do the stream every day. Uh, check out that Megan Kelly interview. I think you might enjoy that. Uh, as well as me and Adam, of course. And uh, After Dark. Don't forget about After Dark and all the mommies over there. Uh, and do keep wind in the sail of the Corolla Pirate Ship by supporting those that support us. Today, I'm pleased to welcome Kevin Harrington. The book is Mentor to Millions, Secret Success in Business, Relationships, and Beyond, available Amazon, etc. cetera. Uh, website is mentortomillionsbook.com. You can follow Kevin at harrington.kevin with two R's, Harrington. Uh, Kevin, welcome to the program. Hey, thanks for having me, Dr. Drew. Appreciate it. So you've been uh, you've had the entrepreneurial spirit since you were uh, essentially a, a older child, let's say. Yeah, <laughs> what? teenager. Yes. Oh, well, I heard you started selling papers at age nine. Well, that's true. I did. I did have a couple of papers uh, back in the early days, right? Yeah. And do you attribute that, you know, as often is the case, some of the hardships of childhood get converted into the motivational systems of adolescence and young adulthood. Is there something like that in your story? I think I think a couple of things. I'm one of six kids, Cincinnati, Ohio. My dad was a bartender 
Um, and tried to take care of that. My older sisters as good as he could finally. Um, and they went to great schools. Um, I, I came along, you know, went to all boys Catholic uh, high school. So not, not a bad, a great school too, but um, I was a, at, I started working. He opened up his own restaurant finally. So he became an entrepreneur at 11 years old. I was working in, in his restaurants, but not just washing dishes. He'd have me in the back, closing out the money at the end of the night, dealing with suppliers and watching out for employees that were stealing and really brought me in on the inside track. So interesting. So, 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 so you really had an, a business education in a way, right? You, I did. Supply and, chain, and say, supply like, chain, employee issues, you know, human resource management, yeah, accounting, basic accounting. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my gosh. The, the, the beer guy would deliver two kegs of beer, take two empties to the truck, and he caught him taking full ones back to the truck. But he's the guy. I was the one counting the keg. So it's like my dad's like, oh, so you're getting over on an 11 year old here. huh?" <laughs> well, I was learning all the inside out of that. And then finally, I, and my dad was paying me a dollar an hour. Uh, nice. This is back big in money the, in them days. Big, it was this was in the 60s. OK, so. yeah. Listen, my first my first minimum wage job was a buck 69, if I remember right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So I think let's see. I, this my, my, my I started in the restaurant 1967 or 68, and a, a buck an hour was not too bad. I mean, I think it might have been minimum wage at the time. Yeah. It, it, I finally said I want to make more money. So he then pushed me to start my own business. And when I was 15, I started sealing driveways, asphalt sealing, and filling in the cracks, but knocking on doors. I'd get one driveway in the neighborhood, put a sign across it. And then I'd get 15 more in the neighborhood. So literally keeping really busy during the summer, 15, 16, 17. Then when I was graduating from high school, um, my dad said, well, you, you got you're going to have to pay for your education, your books, your apartment, your car, your insurance. I said, I need a full time income. And I went uh, and started then so I had to transition from heating it from driveway ceiling to heating and air conditioning. Okay, so installing furnaces and air conditioning systems. But what I was doing, I was buying the leads from the courthouse of new homeowner transactions and offering a free furnace cleaning while I was in school, my freshman and sophomore year. And then by the by the end of the first year, we had six trucks, six crews installing, 25 employees, and I'm still doing a full-time college schedule. Of course, then I had to drop out. I couldn't, I couldn't do both. So quit school and 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 continued to be an entrepreneur student or tin knocker one or the other what, what's that yeah student, oh, yeah. student or tin knocker which am i going to be yeah <laughs> uh, i was i was doing well and and you know having having fun but shortly realized the labor side of installing furnaces and the geographic aspect of it i was only going to be in cincinnati we were never going to be able to grow to you know tens of millions doing this so one of my employees said, if you ever want to sell this business, I'm a buyer. We did a transaction. And then I was then I said, OK, I want my real education in business. Mm. And I said, how do you you know, I, I, I'm a college dropout, had money from the sale of a company. But I'm like, now I'm looking, I'm, I'm meeting with business brokers and they're showing me dozens and dozens of businesses and financial statements of businesses and all this stuff. I said, that's what I want to do until I figure out what I really want to do. I'm going to broker businesses because I I had a real estate license, got a broker's license, and I'm selling pizza parlors, delicatessens, laundromats, flower shops, all that kind of stuff. And this was now takes me to 1980, 40 years ago. And, and I set up something called the Small Business Center in Cincinnati, Ohio. I leased the whole floor of an office building, and I was the broker. So I sold you the business, and then I rented space to attorneys, insurance agents, um, all synergistic small business service providers. And so uh, because I, up, you know, I upcharged on the rent like WeWorks does, I got a free office with a free brokerage business, and then I got a percentage of the services that we provided the, the, the entrepreneurs. And sometimes I would start taking equity and partnering with them. And we so would it do was, their advertising. It was, it, was on by, it was on by that point. You kind of toss off, oh, I had a realtor's license and a broker's license as though that was no big deal. That's kind well, of a big, I had to, that's a big had deal to get, to, in right? the middle of all that. That's a huge deal. Yeah. 
it, I mean, this was this was really an, an entrepreneur magazine saw what I was doing. They, they they called me up. They said, hey, can you come out to L.A.? I didn't know. I said, yeah, they're going to write a story. Well, the, the photographer's like, wow, how would you get the cover story this month? And I'm like, what do you mean? He's like, well, yeah, we're shooting you for the cover. And I'm like, oh, that's that. And that was in the early 80s. So um, and then they when I left the interview, the publisher said, I want to partner with you with this small business center. So we did. We opened up 30 of them around the United States. Wow. And this, this was, again, back in the, in the, in the early 80s. I, I want to so, jump ahead to a few things just because it's on my top of my mind right now. So you ended up being one of the original Shark Tank participants. Yes. How, a, a, how did you find that experience? And B, did you actually invest in some companies that made a difference for you? Yeah. So, so the, so after all of that, that I just told you, we're going to go back, I'm going to go back to HSN and all that other stuff, but the the shark tank thing is just think, I'm just thinking about that. So I thought I'd ask you that. So um, I, I had uh, written a a book that was really kind of my first book, although years back I had another book, but um, um, I went HCI international. They did chicken soup for the soul. They, uh, they, I wrote a book with them called Act Now. And because I, I was dealing with so many inventors and people with products. And it's, uh, what most of these folks would tell me, they come up to me, oh, I've had this idea for 10 years. W- will you help me? I was like, why did you sit on it for 10 years? Or I had it, someone knocked me off. And it's like people were afraid to act. Mm-hmm. So I wrote the book and I started doing radio talk shows and and promoting the book. And this is when Mark Burnett tuned in to what I was doing because I started a publicity tour on this book 10, 10 plus years ago. And so Mark called me up and said, Hey, I'm following you on all these interviews and seeing you all over the place. Can we meet? I want to tell you about the new show I'm doing called Shark Tank. Went out, met him in LA. And literally at the end of the meeting, he said, look, there's only one thing missing. He said, everything went great. I've seen you on interviews. I've seen you in, in person, but I just don't know if you can be a shark. So you mind doing an audition? And I'm like, no, I said, let's go. So literally I went from my meeting with Mark in his office over to another room. They had a guy from ABC network was there. The producer of shark tank Clay a new bill was there. And we did a mock interview in like they're coming to pitch me. And I had been doing that already for 30 years okay? right, so right. at the houseware show and the hardware show. And so I just like this guy came at me with the, you got this and this. And I think it, it went very good so much so that they called me and said, you are the first one that we're picking to be a shark. OK, and that, that's why I they sometimes refer to me as the original shark, but I'm certainly in the original cast of sharks. But um, and, and so, yes, the show. I, I, there, it was a, it was a bittersweet situation. Um, I loved being the shark on the show. The challenge in the early seasons, and I was there for the pilot and all the first you know uh, season and and, and it's into season two before Mark Cuban came in. And and so the the challenge was nobody when we were filming season one, nobody knew what Shark Tank was because right. we had never been on the air. So you couldn't we be, you couldn't get any good businesses to pitch you. That the businesses suck. Right, right. I mean, Mark Burnett even, we'd sit there, we'd do eight (laughs) or ten, nobody was investing, and Mark Burnett would come down, hey, what's wrong, guys? We need good television here. And we're like, Mark, which one of those eight deals would you have put your own money into? He's like, okay, I get you. Let's see what we can do. Then the next segment, oh, we're fighting like crazy to do the deal. But I did make some good deals, and, and I'll say this. That being on Shark Tank was great. And, and I, I, you know, one of the deals I did was a, a product called City Kitty. It was a cat toilet training product. Now, people say, why did you want to do that? This woman comes out, cat jumps up on the toilet, goes to the bathroom, jumps off. And the, every, all the sharks, we just broke out, cracking up. And I, and, I, and I saw this as a viral video kind of thing. Sure. So I did the deal knowing, number one, we got five minutes on ABC Network. Number two, ABC uh, is also Good Morning America and The View. And so we're probably, this is, few, you know. A few cat owners in there. Through. A few cat Boom. owners amongst them, yeah. Yeah. So I, I took it. I took that deal. We did, we did over $10 million in sales of that product. 
and didn't have to spend very much money advertising because we got on The View. We got on Good Morning America, The Today Show. I got it on Wendy Williams, et cetera. And so, you know, we had a lot of fun with that product. But others, I had some jewelry deals. I had I had about four or five deals that I did. And, and actually, this is what started happening. I would turn, you know, like, I'm not going to do the deal on TV because I that day I'd already spent five, six hundred thousand dollars. And I'm like, I'm, I'm not going to make any more deals today unless something really powerful comes along. So I would turn them down. I'd get home two, three weeks later, get a phone call. Hey, I know you didn't do that deal on Shark Tank. I don't really need your money, but can I give you the equity and then just be part of my company? I need your mentoring advice. Hmm. So this is where everything started coming in here with the book Mentor to Millions. Hmm. I just stopped. I, I, I didn't do the deals, but the people wanted the, 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 the advice. They wanted that golden Rolodex, as you say, right? Mm-hmm. As I say. So mm-hmm. um, I started picking up a couple of deals like that. So, you know, like, you know, one of the deals that Laurie Grenier did is, is, is a great product called Scrub Daddy. Um, I've got a really powerful Amazon business that I'm involved with. And so we're doing Scrub Daddy on Amazon and, and it's all retail and all the other things through, you know, other deals. So, so at the end of the day, being on the show has obviously been a great profile for people to come to me with their, their products and their opportunities. I, I feel like a lot of uh, venture capital sort of um, startups do a lot of this kind of relationship building in terms of bringing people into their company. Is, is that sort of a – they get – you know, I feel like I, I'm just sort of watching people do these things that they get way over their skis, but they bring in a great team. And then they get that team to help them pivot and bring things in line and make the real that's product. Exactly, is that, is that yeah. sort of what's happening now? Yeah. I, I feel mean, like that's, it, the new, it, that's the new world of tech in a weird that's, way. That's the new world. I, I call it – I mean I've been preaching this now for 10 years straight that entrepreneurs start starting out, if especially if it's your first rodeo, get a dream team of experts. You can't – in today's world, it's so tough to do it alone, right? Yeah. So, um, you know, so – being a shark helps kind of come in to start that process, and then we surround it with experts from there uh, yeah. along the way. Yeah, yeah. And then you better listen to those experts too. I'm, I'm thinking of things like Theranos and stuff where they went way out of their skis and didn't didn't pivot, didn't, didn't learn. Right. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Got, I mean, it, when, when COVID hit, there were so many companies not prepared for what was about to happen. I mean – the, the retail industry got hurt. I mean, the Brooks Brothers, the Pier 1 Imports, guys, companies that were sort of hanging on a little bit, you know, mm-hmm. um, all of a sudden were in terrible shape. Yeah. They didn't have a direct-to-the-consumer strategy. And and that ultimately, that's, I mean, that's why Amazon is 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 where they are and 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 many others are 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 you know filing for bankruptcy right now and things like that. So, so speak, speaking of direct consumer, you you were part of the original sort of infomercial phenomenon, right? Were, were yeah, you just in, out of curiosity? We out of curiosity, were you part of y, young YPO? I was the co-founder of EO. That it was called YEO, and then it changed to EO, Entrepreneurs Organization, and EO. Um, Vern Harnish and myself, Ted Leonsis, started YEO. It changed names to EO, and it's now in about 150 cities, uh, 45 countries around the world. It's a nonprofit, great, great group of uh, folks. So these are and by the way, when you join EO, you get mentors that you meet with on a monthly basis. That's part of the – that's why EO has been so powerful is the mentorship. That happens inside of there. Well, and and YPO same thing. I, I when I've known people in that, and I've spoken, I've, t- I've done speaking for that organization. Yeah. And when I meet people in that organization, they always say the same thing, which was my uh, what do they call it? Those groups of four that my uh, hmm, they have a name for those groups. In EO uh, is called Forum. Forum, same thing in YPO. Same thing. Yeah, yeah same go, thing. The Forum. Right? Yeah. They'd always say my yeah. Forum. We, this we, was this was the magic. You know those relationships yeah, that, in the that's Forum. That's why people love EO. Is Forum yeah. is amazing. I've been part of it since the founding in 1987. And and in both those organizations is embedded the notion that relationships are really a key aspect to not just business development, but the business itself. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, when I was when I was growing my 
as seen on TV business, I flatlined because we'd taken our profits and put them into inventory. And so I was sitting there with 40,000 unfulfilled orders back in the 80s that I couldn't get the inventory for. So it was a really bad situation because I had the orders, but I couldn't cash the credit cards until I shipped the product. Don't have the product so we can ship. I got turned down by five banks for funding. And then I, I said, I need to find a finance mentor. So I went through my network and, and, and ended up stumbling upon a former bank president who had retired. And he came in, he looked at my business and he said, he said, sitting there right now, your business is not bankable. He said, but I know you met with five banks and said, I know two or three of those guys. I can package this to make it bankable. And this is the deal. I'm going to do this for you absolutely free, no charge. I think I can get you a $3 million line of credit because, you know, you got a solid business here. He said, but it's all in how we present it. Give me 90 days to do it. And at the end of 90 days, if I'm successful, you've got the money. You do what you want. If you want to bring me on in some deal that we sit down and discuss, I'd be happy to discuss that. If you're if you're a good guy and I'm a good guy, we'll find out in 90 days. Huh. And he got me the money. We, we crushed it from there. The company just took off and we 10x the, the, the growth of the company and he became my COO. So it, it worked out to be a really cool deal all the way around. It, he mentored me and and then brought the capital in. And we grew the business and, and took off. So I've always loved great mentors. And because I'm not I was, you know, the, the one skill set I had was being able to go knock on doors and sell, whether it was driveway ceiling or furnaces, didn't matter, but I wasn't good in finance and operations. I, I find it sort of uh, metaphorically interesting that you went from sealing driveways to filling dead air on television, you know, fill, <laughs> fillers on driveways to filler on programming. Hey, and, there you go. Yeah. And that's where the infomercial came in. It was just sort of un, unused space on television programs. I first ordered cable TV. It was in the early, like 82. Um, and I, and I had 30, the first package was 30 channels, you know, ESPN and HBO. I get to channel 30. It was discovery. And that was, there was nothing on it just these bars were on the screen. Right. So I called the cable company to see if there was a problem. And they said, no, it's a new channel that doesn't have a 24 hour budget. They just program 18 hours a day. So I said, well, can I fill that time with something? And they said, come on down. We talked and we started filming infomercials and shooting products. Uh, and then I went to the national discovery channel. I was dealing first with my local cable operator. I signed a two year deal for the six hour block exclusively on national discovery channel. That was the breakthrough. And that was in the early 80s. How much did that cost? Just out of curiosity. Thousand bucks a day, three hundred sixty-five thousand a year, and it was generating tens of millions of dollars. Okay, <laughs> they had no idea what it was right, worth. Right, a fully and, executed cable channel. Yes, six yeah. hours on a fully executed cable. Six hours. It was three a.m. to nine a.m., but it was East Coast. It was one feed. So three a.m. was midnight West Coast, mm -hmm. and six a.m. to nine a.m. On Saturdays and Sundays, I mean, that time was golden. I mean, we were we were generating a massive amount of sales for a thousand bucks a day. I, mean, I, I I began doing radio midnight to three a.m. That was my original slot for years. To three, yeah, yeah. And you just you just it, go do it. You have an opportunity. You go all right, I'll try that. <laughs> we we got six hours on Discovery when Nashville Network was alive. It was six hours on Nashville before I think it's Speed. Two hours a day on Lifetime. I had 1 a.m. to 3 a.m. on Lifetime. But then I started doing this all around the world. So I went to Sky Channel and Rupert Murdoch at, at Sky. I went to I went to the um, uh, the Kinovic family in Sweden, um, the Marcucci family in Italy, which became Super Channel. And I just started going started going to the the film the Cannes Film Festival every year, starting in 1990. And I had a little 10 foot by 10 foot booth that said, we pay you to run our TV shows. And they're like, wait a minute, we're here to buy programming. What, how can you pay us to run our shows? And said, well, we have a kitchen show. And at the end of the show, we sell you the, the walk and the knives we were using during the show. So we're going to pay you a percentage of those sales. And they're like, 
when can you start? Okay. All we had to do, we were dubbing Tony Little, Jack LaLanne, George Foreman, Billy Mays into dozens of languages all around the world. And this was in 1990 that I did that. And, and by, by 95, we were doing 500 million dollars a year in business. So, so there's sort of a bigger, a big interesting topic here. One is how does someone learn to identify and perceive opportunities out there? And it seems to me, maybe this is uh, overly harsh, but that the current sort of millennial generation doesn't think this way or doesn't know about this or we've done something wrong in terms of how we educate them? Sort of two separate topics. Let's address the uh, how do you identify these things first. Yeah. So, I mean, the good news is now, having been a shark on Shark Tank and continued to, you know, I haven't shot a a new show in about eight or nine years, but I I still get 150 inquiries a week from on deals. So about 600 a month. And so, um, so the, I say to people, if, if you're, if you're an investor and you only have five deals to look at, hopefully one of those is going to be a good one. Cause that's about a small uh, pot to be analyzing. If you're looking at 150 a month, it's now you got to put the systems in place, you know, to filter the ones that don't make sense and the ones you should focus on. Cause you can get bogged down talking to too many people that there's no shot. So we have an instant kind of a, we have a, a checklist of things that we ask people and, and we want to, are you in business? Do you have prototypes? And it's not just products, but it, we're probably 70, 80% skewed towards products. So, and, and basically what we look for is, is there any test anywhere? Have you been on in a catalog? Have you been on a shopping channel? Have you run any ads? Have you, you know, I try to get the, 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 the Holy grail in this world, and you've got a, a project, TheraWorks, I think that's I see running pretty well and pretty successful, is getting to the customer acquisition cost, right? And that's what we need to focus on because when we did like the Tony Little Ab Isolator, um, you know, it was a $30 product, but we were getting an $8 customer acquisition cost. And I was able to sell 80,000 pieces a week for a while. Okay. And so it's, you know, it, if, if you can, if you've got good media, good customer acquisition cost, and the other thing that we look at is how do we increase the lifetime value? And a TheraWorks kind of a product has a good opportunity because it's continuity. Whereas, you know, when I'm selling the Tony Little Gazelle or whatever, they only want one. Right. I mean, some people would buy, you know, two juicers maybe, but, you know, generally it's, it's, a, it's a one-shot deal. So. Right. In hindsight, I look at my industry and I say, Greg Renker and Bill Guthy, the beauty guys, they, they were the smartest guys in the business because they could get that customer acquisition cost honed in, but then that average lifetime value was going to be three, $400 maybe. So I, I, I focused on gadgets and, you know, I, I did very well. So I, you know, I look back and I say, the only thing that could be smarter would be putting people on continuity things sooner because we started putting Tony Little's customers on, you know, weight loss or metabolic boosters or protein shakes or something so we could achieve a continuity relationship. And, and Tony has been very powerful. Like he's a big seller of, of bison products, burgers and dogs and jerky because people go on auto ship. So it's, you know, there's, there's different things that I learned, but I became sort of the gadget guy kitchen products, hardware products, dual saw drills and saws and mixers and blenders and walks and grills and whatever, and and had a lot of fun with it and still do, and I'm still doing products. But, um, I, you know, my business has morphed a little bit over the years now. seems like one opportunity would be just to cull through the cast-offs from your organization. There's probably <laughs> stuff in there for somebody. Well, next up is our friends at Green Chef. Green Chef lets you choose from a wide array of easy-to-follow lifestyles with select organic ingredients, and they are beautiful ingredients. Uh, I was opening my package and just marveling at the green beans and the quality of meats. Green Chef's expert chefs design flavorful recipes, make it easy to use, 
and discover new recipes every week that you'll love to cook. You can switch up your meal plan whenever you want. And Green Chef makes cooking, as I said, it's easy with dinner options that work around your lifestyle, not the other way around. They let you, they, they adjust to you. Let Green Chef do the meal planning, grocery shopping, and most of the prep for you week after week. And it really, the meals are so delicious too. Everything is there. It's easy to use. And meal plans, of course, include vegan, vegetarian, paleo, and keto. I was doing the keto. And again, I'm kind of picky about the meats. And uh, I got to tell you, I was really impressed with these guys. Not only that, uh, the spices were selected in such a way that it didn't upset my stomach, my system in any way. It was all just very impressive. So here's the deal. Go to GreenChef, G-R-E-E-N-C-H-E-F dot com slash Drew80, right? That's a new code for you. So it's GreenChef.com slash Drew80. Use the code Drew80 and you will get $80 off across four boxes, including free shipping on your first box. It's an incredible deal. Green Chef, they kind of do it all for you. And and like me, you will be impressed with the quality of the products, the ease with which you can change your meal plan, the ease of, of preparation, and the extraordinary taste. Uh, I, You know, sometimes I get a little bit, um, you know, palate fatigue in my, you know, paleo. Well, I'm sort of in the carnivore and keto world. I get palate fatigue, and these guys help me get away from palate fatigue by giving me some really delicious options. So again, it is greenchef.com slash drew80. And then use the code Drew80 to get $80 off across four boxes and free shipping on your first box. It is greenchef.com. Next up is my friends at Pub Rec, Public Rec. I love their pants. I'm telling you, uh, I spend part of my day in sweatpants and uh, I always feel sort of guilty about that. And the things are falling out of my pockets and somebody comes to the door, I have to change my pants. Not anymore with Public Rec. I'm telling you, they get the length right, they get the waist right, and they've thought of everything. This is a style that you literally could walk out of your house into any environment and when you're lounging at home, feel like you're in sweatpants. And the pockets are designed perfectly with the right depth so things don't fall out. There's bad pockets in the rear to help with your your wallet. So again, you can throw your wallet in and get out and not feel like you're walking out in sweatpants though you're as comfortable as maybe you, yeah, really literally as comfortable as if you are in sweatpants. And I don't know if you're like me, but maybe your wardrobe's changed a little bit during COVID-19, but uh, I find myself spending a little more time in things like sweatpants. And the public rec pants have now become my go-to. They, I, I, <laughs> I have two different colors and I keep them in rotation. I'm laughing at myself because I'm always obsessing about whether they're clean or not and I'm washing them and I'm getting to them. And I, I am telling you, this, these guys got it right. They thought of everything. It's breathable, stretchy, moisture-wicking fabric. You can wear them all day, every day, and they look great. They look brand new. Pockets have zippers if you want to close things down. And uh, again, they're bright depth anyway, so you don't have to zip. But you don't even see the zippers, by the way. So it doesn't does not look like a sweatpants. It looks kind of like a slack that comes in nine different colors, one for each day of the week. And I frankly need more. They've also got comfortable shorts, t-shirts, Polos, hoodies, jackets, um, and these guys, like I said, they're thinking of everything at Public Rec. They rarely discount, but right now they have an exclusive offer for our listeners at the Dr. Drew Podcast. Go to Public Rec, R-E-C, P-U-B-L-I-C-R-E-C, publicrec.com slash Drew. Use promo code Drew, simple enough, and you will receive 10% off their great product. That is Public Rec, R-E-C. Use promo code Drew, again, publicrec.com slash Drew. Promo code Drew for 10% off. Um, let me let me ask. I'm going to go back to the millennial thing in a second. But first, how many hours a night do you sleep? Uh, about six or seven. Okay. I, I, I and, try to get that. And you have a lot of energy, right? I do. Thank you. Right. And, and I've noticed that, and I, I have a, a whiff of this as well, as I certainly did uh, at one point in my life for sure, um, that – People that get a lot done sort of have a, and this is not at all meant to be pejorative. It's just meant to be descriptive. Uh, sort of a hypomanic quality. I mean, with you know, with the, where there is an- boundless energy, don't need that much sleep, lots of you know, going a lots going on in your head all the time. Um, 
do you agree with that? Do you see that in people that are successful generally? I, and, I do. And I mean, how do we I, how do we encourage that? How do we? I'm not saying it's it's not a pathology. It's a thing that happens to people that are very successful. And I, I'm not sure it's. I, I think it can be induced sometimes when people get really excited I, I, about what they're doing. I try to focus on on the positive sides. Right now, it's like when my son, he's 32 years old. He first started. It came in, graduated from Penn State, and he's got the business degree, finance degree, and all that. And he came in and he started getting excited about products. And then, oh, his first pick was a huge bomb. And he's like, Dad, I can't believe it. What what happened? I'm so mm-hmm. down and beat up. And mm-hmm. like, and that used to happen to me. But then I finally realized I, I said, I'm only hitting, I'm hitting on one out of three, one out of four. You're not gonna hit on everything. Life is about failures and how to deal with them. So I, I would fail and I wouldn't just give up. We would tweak it, but I'm like, okay, we've got to move on. We got to go to the next one because you know the next one's gonna work and, and let's put our energy which, into which it. Which is so, another thing I've noticed in people that are successful is that failure is not an ending, it's a process. It's a part of you know the exactly. process of that, learning. For me, that has been exactly the the way uh, and again, it wasn't from the beginning because I, I had to get over it. But I, I we used to launch a dozen products a year. And I said, but I, if I'm hitting one out of three, I can only have three or four winners. Let's launch 50. And we did. And then 50, we'd hit 10 or 12. And so we you know, we do a lot bigger well, business. But, but, but in there, in there is managing risk. Talk about that a little bit. Sure. And so I, I, in, in the early days, I didn't have the money, so I had to raise the money and borrow the money. But as we started being more successful and I, my first exit was I had a a couple million plus shares in a company that we went, that public company went from a dollar to $20 a share. So, um, you know, I had a little chips off the table moment at that time. So I didn't have to rely on everybody else all the time. Now I could choose and pick my own investments, but I also would still leverage it with other people's money. So I, I would bring partners in and we would go, we would go raise 3 million for five or six projects. And I would put some money in and so would some other people. And then, you know, cause I didn't want to only lose my own money if, if I didn't have to. And of course, when we were public, we had lines of credit and things like that. So we, we weren't personally involved. So that was always a good thing um, because I typically found myself as an entrepreneur as an independent entrepreneur, loading it all back in, right? My yeah. own money back into the into the risk factor. So I learned over time, and, and I will tell you, this took me longer than I would have liked not to always put my own money in because mm. there's there's a limit to how much you've got. It's unlimited to how much the market has. Right. So so I, I now um, have chosen a different path. I'm I'm on a you know I'm on like six or seven public boards, and I mean when I tell you some of the things that can happen in a public board, like Dr. Drew, I don't know if you've ever heard of this drink called Celsius. It's a oh, yeah. healthy yeah. energy drink. Yeah. So I joined the board six years ago. The stock was ten cents when I met with them. By the time I got my block of stock, it was twenty cents a share, twenty two cents. It's it's you look today. This we've just grown this business over the last six years. The stock it's a one point four billion dollar company. The stock is twenty dollars a share from twenty two cents. And so I got in on the ground floor. This 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 is what I do now. No, I, I'm I, and, and how do we? There's kind of a social question here, and I'm sort of hearkening back to the millennial question I asked about them sort of getting this that you've got that. I think millennials hearing this would go, oh, my God, this is part of the problem where the imbalance between the haves and the have-nots, and they would see this all as you having opportunities that they don't have. Talk about that. Yeah. I mean, so this deal came to me. The company was doing very little in sales, startup, um, not, not very few stores they were in. I spent six years helping grow this business, right? I mean, the stock was 22 cents, finally went to a dollar. And I remember my wife saying, you've got millions of dollars in stock here. Sell it, right? I'm like, no, this. I'm on the board. I'm an insider. I brought in Flo Rida and Khloe Kardashian, and they're tweeting about the product. And, you know, and, and by the way, 
when I say I, the, I didn't know Flo Rida, I went to pitched him at his office and made him a deal, gave him a couple shares of stock and instead of a bunch of cash because the company didn't have the cash. So it's, you know, I, I can say that I paid my dues getting into this deal. This was not like an Uber ready to take off. This was a true startup. That right. I so, so what you would say is, is I, I, I saved the company. I made the company grow. Uh, but but the opportunity, I think, is what uh, young people are sort of feeling they don't have today. A- and I don't feel like they know what you know. They don't get it, you know, what you're talking yeah. about. What do, what do we do with that? And some people sort of frame it as we've let a generation down in terms of their financial literacy. Is, is right. that the case or, or is there something uh, – you know, how, how do we I do it? He, I, think, I think millennials need to they, – they, they need to go out and create – some type of special um, services that they can provide. And they need to have a niche in the market. And my niche was, you know, buying late night unsold airtime yeah. that created a business. Right. And and so I know some great entrepreneurs that are millennials that are building these Amazon businesses, right? Yeah, now. yeah. What you're, what you're telling them, and this is what I've actually told my own kids, is, is that things are a little stagnant. It is a little weird. Go be an entrepreneur. Figure it out. Go be an but, entrepreneur. Yeah, this, this is, it's forcing you to do that. Do it. Go, do it with and, both and hands. And even if you're already employed, I say get a side hustle first. Because don't I don't, I don't tell people to quit the jo- quit their job. In fact, this is I, I say my first book. This actually was my first book in 1990. The 100 best spare time businesses today. Hmm. And I I said in 1990 when the Gulf War hit and people were screaming about oh my God and my business went down 80 90 percent for for about six weeks mm-hmm. that we were on tv all around the world when the gulf war hit i said get a side hustle i got a hundred of them i'm going to tell you about and i've been preaching it for 30 years ever since even to my kids in, in fact i've got my i've got two boys one's 32 and one's 22 my 30 my 32 has been with me 10 years he's he's my operations finance guy and he's rock solid and he's unbelievable brian harrington Penn State graduate. My 22-year-old's got a little more artsiness into him, so we, we've got a, a business we created for him, and and he's out knocking on doors right now, literally canvassing on door to door. So teaching him the hard way. Uh-huh. And um, but yeah, it, people have got they got to be prepared to get out there and, and do some testing. And and I say uh, I test before I invest today with products. I don't want to waste a lot of time and money if it's not going to work. Right. So so. It, you know, these are, I mean, the kindest thing I can say about this moment in history is that it's interesting. Uh, and, and, it, and it seems like you're sort of a, a super optimistic in all settings. You brought up other historical settings that I remember as being pretty – it was easy to get pessimistic during each of those moments you've talked about that you yeah. push through with ideas and, and optimism. How do you stay optimistic now? Well, so the, a lot of businesses are are hurting, and many of them. When I look, I mean, the other day, a guy he says, "I'm in trouble. I need some help. I need some money." A lot of people come to me initially for money, and then we decide. Is you it a you money know what? Issue I'm, I'm going to stop you. I'm going to stop you. I'm going I'm to frame this this way. You're yeah. gonna you're gonna help me be optimistic right now. While we were off the air, you and I talked about how we both have speaking lives that we do that were that were taken from us by covid yeah. so our lives yeah. were taken from us it has made me very depressed i want no, you to no. coach me kevin to stay optimistic what what do i do i i'm looking okay. for things i'm always trying to but i'm still depressed i'm still pissed i'm still miss my life what do i do right well so what what i have done and what hopefully some No no you tell me what wrong. to do make me feel better okay. here we go i, I would move what we're doing right now is great because we're virtually connecting. Yes. And in the past, you know, we had a one-on-one meeting at a, at a restaurant not too long ago before COVID, right? Yeah. And you remember that meeting, right? Yeah. Um, and so now I'm connecting with people. I mean, I'm doing events in Malaysia and Hong Kong and Singapore and, you know, at late night because I do them midnight to 2 a.m. because there it's noon to 2 p.m., that time. So I don't know if you have 
opportunities like that to be virtual with any of your audiences? No, I do. I, I've, I've started to do a streaming show every day and I've done more podcasting. There's, there's all kinds of things doing, but it's still feeling um, like I'm in mud. It, okay. and I'm still depressed. One, one more thing and a couple more things I would suggest because yeah. I'm getting approached by companies that are asking me to become an advisor to their company, join yeah. their advisory board yeah. or their board of directors. Yeah. And and this is what I was just talking about with Celsius. You just never know. I mean, I, I picked up a, millions of shares in a public company. No, you know what? That is, I, It's funny when you were saying that. That has begun to happen to me too a little bit. And, this is and, the, and, the and, area and, that I think we should focus yeah, on. Yeah, and I actually thought maybe I should, about a month ago, I thought maybe I should just pivot into that and just start to really contribute to businesses and products and help people develop things. You have things. such knowledge. And, and, and if you had somebody positioning you as a, a, a great addition to their board, because you bring a, another dimension. Yeah. There's, I mean, I have a couple different agents that work with me to bring me the board deals. And, and oh, see, I didn't know no. that world existed. That's interesting. Yes. So well, there, there are some people that can help you take a look at board opportunities and I can connect you there. But it's also, you, 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 you got to kind of get out there and hustle, put yourself out there uh, for that kind of thing. So maybe you could be going on some other podcast you're familiar with you you've, are you familiar with genius network mm-hmm. joe polish mm-hmm. um, there's another company called board of advisors mike calhoun there's the war room roland frazier you 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 know some of you well here, here's it. what i've learned just in this moment uh and this is what other people should take away from this ask ask for help so ask i just i asked you for help just now and you gave yes. me some help and uh, it's like oh that that actually changed my attitude a little bit in this just very brief little interaction you can change people's thinking you can pivot you go huh i'm gonna think about that uh and so i would say number one and would you i don't know if you'd agree with this number one ask for help ask for help that's that's yeah. what we say ask for a mentor what's the first yeah. step yeah ask yeah right? yeah yeah. Okay. yeah yeah i get it I, I think i think the little interaction we had is very uh telling now what do people don't have this you know out there in the world a lot of people don't have access to a kevin harrington you know i get to talk to kevin harrington and i asked him for help what where do people go uh, you know you mentioned a bunch of things but give me sort of yeah. that's where i can go give me an average person where you know where do they look yeah. so when 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 i was just kevin harrington and you know uh mr startup this infomercial and by the way people looked at me at that time oh you're one of those sleazy guys with those infomercial things late night you know i'm like why am I sleazy? Because I'm selling kitchen products and hardware products. But there was a time when infomercials got that little sleaze reputation. But um, I mean, I, I what I first did is I looked at my checkbook and I say, okay, I write a lot of checks to a lot of people, accountants, lawyers, phone centers, um, credit card processors, bankers, lawyers, et cetera. I need help. So I reached out to my internal, my accountants, my lawyers, hey, I need a good finance guy, mentor to help me raise some capital. So that the guy that I got that was a retired bank president came through one of my internal contacts that people that I was doing business with because they wanted to see me grow. They wanted, I was using media companies and telemarketing companies and phone centers and customer service centers, accountants, I need help. You know, put your hand up and boy, it came back. I got like 15 or 20 recommendations. You need to raise some capital. Call this guy. Call this guy. Call this guy. But Kevin, and so, I'm, I'm going to interrupt you. I, I, that's, I think that's still Kevin asking for help or someone like Kevin. Let's say I'm a 19-year-old in the Bronx. And, right. or, or let's see, let's give me a college degree. <clears throat> I've got a college degree or an AA. I've got an I've got a, a associate degree. I'm living in the Bronx. I have no capital. I have no network. But I got a lot of heart. Where, yeah. where, where, do, where do I start? Where do I go you, first? You have to start by plugging into networks. You can't do it by yourself. You know, join. Is there know, a web? But is there a web? I mean, if they, if they read your book, is there going to be very specific stuff? Yeah. Do I join we, LinkedIn? Do I, I mean, what do I, we, what we do, we do talk I do? about that. And, joining social media, joining LinkedIn, joining and, um, local. I mean, I talk about the Chamber of Commerce because that's what it used to be when I was in, back in the day in Cincinnati, Philadelphia. I don't even know. I know I speak at Chambers of Commerce meetings still. Right. So I know they have that's it still. That's good. That's good. Those are, those are inexpensive ways to 
connect. So two I things, also, or, or all yeah. clubs, like you could be, a, you know, clubs, clubs. A clubs chamber Meet of commerce, up. go to speeches, talk to the guys that's giving the speech. I, I know yeah. I like to help young people. I try to do it a lot, but there's a lot of times when I'm interacting with people that I know have a lot of energy and I'm just like, I, I, I don't, I don't they, got anything right now. They and they keep start connecting, you know, and, and if they have messages that, that, that are unique to the market, they should start creating content. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, and I say, you know, like, like this, this is a little book. I say, write a book. This book is 50 pages. It's a giveaway. I call it a lead magnet. We wrote this and published it in 10 days. It's all my content, self-published, but it's a giveaway. Yeah, and now you can self-publish now, which is great, right? You didn't used yeah. to have that option. And so I, I, you know, the other day I met a guy that owns, he's, he's a big tire store and he, and he runs ads on TV and he's like, man, he says, I just feel like I'm doing the same old, same old. I said, do you have, do you have a database of your customers? He's like, what's that? And like, mm. I mean, like a list of the people that call off your ads and oh no, we've never done any kind of management like that at all. And, and so I'm like, you know, you need to create, when you do your commercials, have them call and get a free report of some type about how to keep your tires in great shape year round. And so there, you know, because he's already paying for himself to be on television, but he's not really creating himself as a guru. And, 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 and he's got the opportunity to do that. Uh, Kevin, uh, I really appreciate your uh, willingness to talk to my audience and that the new book, A Mentor to Millions, Secrets of Success in Business Relationships and Beyond, go to Amazon, mentortomillionsbook.com, at Harrington Kevin. There's no underscore or anything between Harrington and Kevin, just at Harrington Kevin. Yeah, I mean, the best place to go is kevinmentor.com. Okay. Um, And and if you go through that site, I actually have set up a 30-day mentoring program that Mark, Tim, and I, the co-authors, we, we, we're going to do live sessions, virtual sessions for 30 days. Anybody that buys the book. Um, okay. Well, there, there's some, I, my, my 19 or 20 year old in the Bronx can go right now, right? There you go. Yeah. Right away. They get 30 days free. We've sh- shot a lot of videos custom to this um, situation and we're going to do live sessions, take people right off the floor and take their questions. So That's for 18 great. bucks, you're going to get 30 days to hang out with us also. That is fantastic. Yeah. And uh, I, again, I, I have this deep belief that as unpleasant as the circumstances are right now, that I have this overriding faith in our system and our spirit. And I feel like the millennials who are so unhappy right now <laughs> that entrepreneurship is the way out for them. And it's going to be hard and it's not going to be easy. But again, tell them where to go, buy the book, and then where do they go? Tell them one more time. Yep. KevinMentor.com. Uh, you can buy the book. And if you buy through that site, you're going to get 30 days of free mentoring. It'll take you to Amazon when you go there. But it, but now we've got you logged through our site. You get 30 days of, of live mentoring, virtual mentoring, videos we've created Etc. Etc. So great, exciting stuff. Kevin, great spending time with you again. Thank you so much, and good luck with the whole operation. And uh, we will see everyone next time. Hey, thanks, Doctor Drew. Appreciate it. It's a great time. For calling times and topics, follow the show on Twitter at Doctor Drew Podcast. That's D R D R E W Podcast. The music from today's episode can be found on the swinging sounds of the Doctor Drew Podcast. Now available on iTunes. And while you're there, don't forget to rate the show. The Dr. Drew Podcast is a Corolla Digital production and is produced by Chris Loxamana and Gary Smith. For more information, go to drdrew.com. All conversation and information exchanged during the participation in the Dr. Drew Podcast is intended for educational and entertainment purposes only. Do not confuse this with treatment or medical advice or direction. Nothing on these podcasts supplement or supersede the relationship and direction of your medical caretakers. Although Dr. Drew is a licensed physician with specialty board certifications by the American Board of Internal Medicine and the American Board of Addiction Medicine, he is not functioning as a physician in this environment. The same applies to any professionals who may appear on the podcast or Dr. Dr. Drew.com.